Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just Get Fit with Nikki. I'm your host, Nikki, a certified nutrition coach and personal trainer. And today's episode is a little bit different. Today is a Q&A, and I am answering your questions from Instagram regarding pregnancy. And I'm starting with all your questions regarding this process from, you know, what's something we planned? Was it easy for me to get pregnant to, you know, how are things going? Maternity clothing, nausea, constipation, you know, skincare, you know, how did I prepare lifting, working out all those kinds of things. So this is that episode and I'm going to be real honest with you when it comes to sharing these things. I will be obviously picking and choosing the questions that I answer based on what I feel comfortable sharing, but I did want to start by saying, if you are going to listen to this podcast and you are pregnant, I know this is a time for us when we tend to kind of get caught up in that comparison of, well, should I be doing this? Oh, and -and so-and-so is doing that. Is that what I should be doing? Will that make me healthier? Will that make, you know, postpartum easier? And all these thoughts and questions creep into our mind. And I know they can make us feel like we're not doing enough or not showing up in the way that we should. And this is my reminder to you that everyone's pregnancy, everyone's, you know, road to pregnancy is going to look very, very different. And so while I share some of my own experiences and how it's going, remember, this is just one person's perspective. And I happen to be very blessed in that I have four other girlfriends who are also pregnant right now. We are all due within like a two week period of each other. And I can tell you, you know, across the age ranges, there's someone who's in her early thirties, all the way to someone who's in their early forties. And while we all happen to be pregnant at the same time, everyone's conception and how that went was very, very different. Everyone's pregnancy has been very different. Energy levels, nausea, ability to work out and move our bodies. And so even within just the five of us, there have been staggering differences. And I'm not here to talk about anyone else's experiences, but mine. But I share that to really reiterate the fact that my journey and what I'm sharing is one version there are so many different ways to go through this process in a healthy way and in a way that is going to be normal for you and make you feel good. So please don't ever think that just because I've done something, it's right or wrong or something that you need to be doing. Okay. I'm not sharing this because I'm wanting feedback to be perfectly honest. I'm sharing this because I know this journey can be really hard. It can be uncomfortable. It can be something that stresses out and and there's so many facets to it. So for that reason, I wanted to share this because I do think, you know, you had so many questions and I do want to be able to open up and and share this part of my life, but obviously to a degree as well for my own (laughs) well-being and mental health. And so when it comes to your questions, I'm going to start diving in. There's about 25 of them. First one being, was it easy for you to get pregnant? And you know, to be perfectly honest, this was something that, um, I decided on hubby has been ready for a very long time. I'm the one who was like, "Mm, I really love my life. I want to be selfish for longer. And so this is something we decided on. And I took my IUD out in December and by January, mid January, whatever, 
um, I guess that's in and around the time that we did conceive. And I found out, I think it was February 19th. And so as someone who is older, I'll be turning 37 in a couple of months. Uh, and as someone else who has endometriosis, I was really not sure how this process would go. And I, when I did talk to my uh, doctor about this and, you know, how conception would be and all that kind of stuff. She was like, honestly, Nikki, you're not going to know until you try. And because of your age, because of your endometriosis, if after six months, things aren't happening, you come back in and we can look further into things. But I'm very blessed in that, you know, that was not something I had to go through. And I will say that when it came to, you know, the actual process of, um, how I'm kind of just skipping through your questions here. You know, what did I do? People were asking like, Oh, did you track your cycle to get pregnant or use ovulation tests? And I actually had dinner with a girlfriend who was also trying at the time. And I went to an all girls Catholic high school. So when we always talk about like jokingly about sex ed, this is me being very open and honest. Sex ed was more like, don't have sex. Here is a penis with some sort of sexual disease and abstain, 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 abstain. So obviously high school is not about teaching you how to get pregnant or anything like that. And that I never took like biology or things like that in university. I was always on the art side of things. So when it came to this actual process and she's talking about things, I was like, oh my gosh, like, let me sit here. Let me download this app. Let me take these notes. Like, let me, um, purchase a bezel thermometer on Amazon and buy those, you know, sticks that you pee on to test everything. And the reality was though, as I started to like, to do those things, I was like, you know what, knowing my personality, these things are really going to stress me out. And I'm going to become super neurotic. And I'm going to overthink everything. And I don't want this to be something that's super regimented and something that like, is just going to make the whole process harder. And so I didn't take my temperature, I didn't use those um, ovulation tests to check your like HCG levels. All I did was I downloaded an app, the app is actually called flow. Um, and all you do is input your cycle, like when your period comes, when it ends, and it approximates based on that, when you theoretically can conceive. And I found that really, really helpful. My problem was that because I'd had my IUD taken out, which had been in for a very long time, and that was my third IUD, there was, you know, irregularities in my period. And so that was a part where I was like, well, I don't really know what's happening, but I'm going to input data. I'm going to input my four day period. I'm going to input my eight day period, which are not anywhere near 28 days apart. And I'm just going to roll with it. And I'm not going to think, and I'm just going to do. And so that was kind of our process in, you know, getting pregnant, I guess, age in my case did not really impact my ability to get pregnant. Um, but that's kind of where everyone's journey is so different. And even within my girlfriends, I can say that, you know, one of them who is younger tried for two years. And there are things, there are so many factors that are involved in this, even when it comes to stress and mental health and well-being. So 
when people ask like, you know, okay, well, do you think I can get pregnant if I'm overweight? Or do you think I can get pregnant if this? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. And these are questions for you to have with your doctor. But also these are things which in my experience, doctors kind of tell you to like, give it a try and come back and tell us. And then we can go over things because I think there are so many different factors involved in getting pregnant that it is really hard to tell which are the going to be the roadblocks or things that are potentially going to come up and make it more challenging. And, you know, even when it comes to actual healthy pregnancies and going to full term, miscarriages are something that are also very common. I know I've had so many girlfriends go through these and oftentimes having multiple ones. And this is something that is, while as common as it is, it's really hard and really traumatic for some people. Same goes for IVF. I've had girlfriends go through this five times, seven times over and over. And not only is there, you know, the financial strain, but there's the physical and mental challenge of it. And so when it comes to getting pregnant, please know that everyone's experience is going to be very, very different. And it is not a reflection on you. It is just our bodies doing whatever it is they do. And it's going to be a lot more complicated for many of us than we think it will be. And unfortunately, you're not going to know until you're in it. So hopefully, you know, if you are trying, I'm wishing you lots of love and success and well wishes and all that. But be kind to yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. And I know that is like very irritating information. But I will also say I've had a lot of friends who did really, really want to have kids. And as soon as they kind of like threw in the towel and was like, look, we're just going to kind of stop trying and whatever happens, happens. That's when a lot of them got pregnant, when they removed the pressure to do A, B, and C so quickly and to have all these things. That's when it happened for a lot of them. So if that is the case, maybe give that a whirl. But once again, talk to your doctor because that's probably who's going to be far more helpful. Um, someone was asking, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? And yes, we do know. But I am not telling you guys yet. <laughs> uh, okay, number four, how early did you get your positive test? So actually, because I had that tracking app, the flow app, after, you know, the four weeks, I did take a test and I had one of those early pregnancy tests, the ones that tell you like, you you can know six days in advance. And I did take that. And it was like negative. And I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. Um, and then a couple days later, I was like, hmm, my period hasn't come yet. And I know I'm like very irregular, but let's take a test. And I like very casually took a test. And my girlfriend was like, do it so you like pee into a container and then you can put your stick in there. So you're not having to like, she's like, you're probably gonna have to do lots of tests and it'll just be easier. And I was like, oh, okay. So Vitaly walks into the bathroom and I'm like peeing into this container. And he thinks that I'm going to use one of those like, um, hormone sticks to like test my levels and everything. And he's just like, Oh, okay. Walks away. And he didn't realize I was doing a pregnancy test and I didn't really think anything would come of it. But anyways, I take the test. I'm sitting there waiting and it, it has the two lines pop out and I'm just like, Holy shit. Oh my, like, Oh my God. And I like go to the kitchen. He's just like, no. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> and you know, when people have these like beautiful moments where like they read the test together and they do all these things. And I was like, that, that was not us. We were just like, 
this disaster and like could not believe it, could not comprehend what was happening. Um, I mean, yes, we were super happy. Yes, we were trying, but it was just like, whoa, like I knew we were trying, but I still didn't see that coming. But either way, it's a very special moment for us. And we are very pleased for and blessed to have, you know, all that's going on right now. Um, so I guess the next question was like, do you, did you track your cycle to get pregnant or use ovulation tests? And I already kind of answered that. So yes, I did track my cycle and no to the ovulation test. Um, okay. Number six, what kind of things annoy or bother you during pregnancy? Um, my biggest one is when you're nauseous and someone's like, have a ginger candy. And I'm like, honestly, you can F off with your ginger candies. I spend four and a half months being nauseous almost all day. If ginger candies worked, I would, I would have them. I would be eating them. I would be consuming them all day long, but they don't. And they did not work for me. And so I hate that question. Um, so that's definitely something that bothered me. I think the other thing that has been annoying is the amount of bloating and gas that you experience during pregnancy. For some reason, I was shocked at those two things. I did not know. I guess people talk about lots of other things like heartburn, which I haven't had not even once. Um, so those two things, I was like, oh, this is like very uncomfortable and sometimes like very painful. And I think the challenge that I had is that throughout the past, what we can run now, I'm on week 26, um, throughout the past 26 weeks, it has not been consistent. There have been some weeks where I can eat normally and everything's fine. Hardly any gas, like minimal bloating. And there are other days where I would be bloated all day long and it would impact my hunger. And I'd be like, I can't eat anything. I feel so full. I feel so uncomfortable. Um, or I'd have gas that's so painful and so bad that I'm just like trying to lay down, trying to pass it in order to not want to cry. And so I think those are the things that have really been the most bothersome or annoying. All right. Number seven, any food aversions? Yes, but actually it's not so much food as it has been just coffee. And that came at around week, I want to say week six. Um, I love my oat milk lattes. I normally had two a day before I was pregnant. And then, you know, I did the math, but you, you know, in theory you can have up to 200 milligrams of caffeine a day. So I was like, okay, well, I'll cut back and I'll have one latte in the morning. And I did that. And then week six hit. So basically I want to say a week or week and a half or two weeks after I found out. And I'm just like, nope, can't drink this. It's gross. And it's not that it had any weird taste or metallic or anything like that. I know that's something that people get, but it's more so that I was like, this is just everything about this is gross. The idea of it, the thought of it is gross. Same with alcohol. And it's not that I had drank anything while I, knowing I was pregnant, but it was that like, oh, just the thought of it. So I didn't have any like strong reactions to any foods in particular. I definitely had many a day where I was like, don't talk about food. Don't ask me what I want to eat. Just the thought of it makes me ill. And I, there was also one time when Vitaly was making a protein shake and the smell of it was just awful. And I'm like, I love a good chocolate protein shake, but he opened up the container and I just like went and stood in the corner 
of the dining room, like in the dark before going to the gym. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, that is going to make me barf. And surely enough, it did. Um, just, but that's the thing is you don't know what it's going to be. And that was like a one-time thing. But apart from basically coffee, I haven't had any specific food aversions other than like sometimes just food in general, not being appetizing or not being something that I'm like as interested in as usual, because I definitely love my food. Uh, so that's also probably been something that's been challenging during this pregnancy. Um, okay. Next question. Number eight, how quickly did you start to gain weight? Okay. So first and foremost, before I answer this, I want to say that it is normal to gain anywhere from 11 to 60 plus pounds during pregnancy, depending on your starting weight. And depending on if you're having twins, you know, or multiples or one baby, it's all going to vary. Because if you were someone who's underweight versus someone who is um, technically overweight, you know, these things all do make a difference in, in that scale. And so there is not going to be something where I'm going to say, well, this is the healthy weight that you should be gaining. That is between you and your medical provider. Um, but for me, my challenge was that because I was so nauseous for so long, especially, well, not especially during my first trimester, but for the first, I want to say 18, 19 weeks, um, I really struggled to gain weight during that first trimester. And if anything, I lost weight and I could see my muscle mass just coming off. Like my arms have not been this small in a long time, simply because I've lost muscle mass. And this is where the doctors always told me like, yes, you're concerned. And I was like, I am eating. And like, yes, I did throw up a lot and I was like super sick, um, for those weeks, but it wouldn't be that I would throw up every single meal or an entire meal. It would just be like a very little bit of dinner. Normally the evening time was the hardest for me. Um, so it's like, yeah, I'd eat breakfast. Yeah, I'd eat lunch. Yeah, I'd eat dinner. And I, I would eat and I wouldn't, you know, really make an effort to do that. But I think my appetite was a lot lower than it normally was. So between being nauseous, which is makes it hard for me to eat, even though a lot of times eating does make people feel better. Um, that was not the case for me. And so I didn't gain weight, you know, um, that, mu that much in the first trimester. And I think now that I'm at the six month mark, I've gained about 15 pounds based on what the scale says. However, I do not think that is quite accurate. I think I've actually in reality gained more than that because I have lost muscle mass. So if you take into consideration losing muscle mass, then I do think I've probably, I don't know, closer to like 20 pounds or something like that. Um, but once again, everyone's going to be super different and it also just is going to, you know, depend on where you're starting at, your genetics, you know, how tall you are, how active you are, one baby, two babies, three babies, all those things. So please don't take that as any kind of comparison. Okay. Number nine, what heavy lifting should be avoided? And so this is a really great question. And, um, while I am doing my wrapping up my pre and postnatal certification, everything, I will say this, when it comes to lifting and exercising while pregnant, this is kind of that time where it's ideal if you're continuing to do what you were doing before versus introducing new things. So 
this is not the time to say, okay, well, now I'm pregnant, I'm going to start strength training. Can you do that? Absolutely. But I think that's also going to be at a different degree than someone who was previously lifting. So for me, for example, before I was pregnant, I was working out on average four times a week and snowboarding three times. And I was super active all winter long. Even and before I was snowboarding, for a snowboard season, I was training probably four or five days a week, every week. And that was my regular schedule. So for me, heavy lifting during my first trimester was more changing based on how I was feeling, based on my energy levels, based on my nausea that day. And I did definitely have to make adjustments. Um, But I will say that for the first probably 10 weeks, those adjustments weren't overly crazy. I could still deadlift what I normally deadlift. I could still, you know, squat what I would normally squat and all those things. But that's because I had been very active before. And so when it comes to having lifting, the answer to this is also going to change throughout your pregnancy. Because as you progress through your trimesters, yes, you will modify how much you are lifting. You also have to take into consideration that you are already modifying your exercises, even body weight ones, simply because you physically weigh more. So if you think about it, me doing a body weight squat in my, in the beginning of my first trimester is simply my normal body weight. However, me doing a body weight squat eight months pregnant, that's already me adding, you know, say 20, 25, 30 pounds to my body simply because I physically weigh more. And so while you might be lifting less, you also have to give yourself credit for saying like, hey, I'm actually carrying more weight. So this body weight squat, which probably feels harder than it did when I started, it is because you do weigh more. And then there's the challenges of, you know, anatomically your body changing as well. And so when it comes to the, the back to the question, what heavy lifting should be avoided? This is going to vary depending on a, you know, what you were doing before pregnancy. So how much you were lifting, what kind of workouts you were doing. And then there's going to be lots of contraindications in terms of, you know, do you feel pain? Do you feel discomfort? Is there anything that doesn't quite feel right? You know, bleeding, all those kinds of things. And there's a very, very long list. This is not an all encompassing answer, but the thing is, generally speaking, if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Right. And, and that's the thing you got to trust yourself. And I know there's that hard part for a lot of us who love the gym and love working out where it's like, okay, it's very humbling to have to change. And it's very humbling to have to lift less and to go like, man, that is too heavy this week. I need to take some weights off or I cannot do as many reps as I could before. I need to adjust things. That is incredibly normal. And it's definitely something that I've done throughout my pregnancy and will continue to adjust as I go. Um, In addition to how much weight there is, it's also exercises, right? Any kind of core exercises that are going to lead to coning or going to add extra abdominal pressure to your core or pelvic floor are things that also should be avoided. For the most part, our first trimester is pretty normal and that you can train very similarly to how you did before obviously taking into account your energy levels and strength and how you're feeling. But physically speaking, everyone's body changes at a different pace. And so I was able to do a lot of the same things for, I want to say the first probably 17 
maybe 18 weeks. And then there came a point, I think, when we came back from a trip and I did bench press and I was like, oh, I can no longer get up from this position without it feeling weird. And that is the whole like idea of like, oh, there's some coning in my core coming up from that, um, you know, laying down chest press, like bench chest press. And so I did modify that and I've taken that out and now I'm only doing incline chest press with less weight. So these are the kinds of things that I think are important to, you know, do a little bit more research with. If you have a trainer, talk to them specifically, make sure they are prenatal or postnatal certified. And then if you're really not sure, or if you're having any kind of second guessing or or self-doubt, stop. Okay. When in doubt, just stop, try something else and listen to that little voice that's saying like, "Mm, this doesn't feel good. That's your body's way of letting you know. All right. Number 10, what has your workout routine been since being pregnant? So I've kind of touched on this a bit, but to be honest, the thing that I had a really hard time with was, like I said, is the nausea. And while it varied from day to day, I often would have it in the morning as well. And so I think this is where everyone's going to be very different. But personally, I found going to the gym and sticking with a pretty regular routine to be helpful. Because while I might have thrown up before the gym or walking to the gym, I never once threw up when I was there. There was plenty of times where I thought I was, but I didn't. And I always felt so much better after I worked out. Like physically, I felt so much better. Um, My nausea would subside a bit. I would like get in a liter of water during the workout and that also really helped me. And so my training has been, in terms of frequency, quite similar and that I probably still average four to five days a week. There's definitely weeks when it's been three days a week. There's times when we've been traveling and it's been, you know, not at the gym and it's in body weight things or banded exercises. Um, so I have focused on my consistency, but I've definitely, definitely lessened the load and lessened the intensity as well as like changing the way I do cardio. So I will say for the first, I probably 18, 19 weeks, probably 18, actually, I was still doing like Tabata and doing like modified, definitely modified (laughs) hit exercises like once a week. Um, but then I got to a point where I was like, oh, I can't do the high impact. So I could still do like high intensity and challenge myself and like throw in kettlebell swings and all that kind of stuff and do my Tabata, but I wasn't doing anything that was high impact where it would be like skipping or jumping jacks or box jumps or anything like that. Um, not only just for safety, but I didn't want to add any pressure to my pelvic floor. And so that was one modification that definitely happened. I also want to point out that while I have been consistent with my training, there are days when I would go into the gym and I would make it and I would just lay there and I would stretch and I'd be like, this is it. This is all I have to give today. And that was it. And I would just walk home after that and, and be done. And other days I'd come in and be like, I feel so strong, like strong as before. And, and I would lift and it would be great. And then, I, you know, two days later, I'd come in and be like, okay, these weights are very heavy. <laughs> I normally use, you know, 25s for this exercise. And today I'm going to use eights. And that's okay. And it was 
and has been and continues to be very humbling and something that I have to take day by day. But for me, the working out has not been coming from a place of, oh my gosh, like I need to maintain my body or I'm scared to gain weight, but more so that I physically and mentally feel so much better when I get my movement in. And I think that's because this is a habit I've built up over the last eight years or so. And it comes from a place of like self-care. And for that reason, I continue to prioritize it. Will it evolve as my pregnancy continues? Absolutely. Do I think I will be doing the same things in my eighth month that I'm doing now? Probably not. It will probably be modified. It will probably be significantly less weight, more body weight stuff, you know, shorter workouts. Um, but hopefully, and this is where I say, I do, I do mean, hopefully I will be able to still be active and to, you know, get to the gym or work out at home in whatever capacity that feels appropriate for how things progress. Okay. Number 11, any mental hurdles from not being able to keep up with your regular workout routine? So I kind of have kept up to a degree with my regular workout routine, but I would say the mental hurdles are the kind of the ones I touched on in that it is something that varies so much from day to day in terms of ability, strength, exhaustion, nausea. And I think those are the mental hurdles where I always think about my girlfriend who I think I told her when I was like seven weeks pregnant, she's like, Nikki, this is going to be basically a roller coaster. And you're going to have this vision of how you think you're going to train and how you're going to eat. And it might not go like that. And just remember to do your best. And it's okay if all you can eat is cheese and crackers. And it's okay if you can't work out. And it's okay if you need naps. And it's okay if things are hard. You are allowed to feel all those things and just show up and do your best, whatever that looks like. And so that is what I have held on to that my best is going to look different and that's okay. And to honor that. All right. Number 12, how has your mental health been during pregnancy? Any anxiety or sadness? Great question. And I know this is a big one for so many people. And I think this is part of the reason why I waited until I was six months to share online that I was pregnant because in my day-to-day life with the friends I have, with the family I have, it's a very safe space. People are incredibly supportive. People are understanding. People love me and want the best for me and, you know, support me. And while I will say 95% of people in the online space that I experience are very similar 5% of people come into the woodwork and are a bit crazy and they put things out into the world or share things or imply things. And I I say this coming from people from like knowing many women who have had babies online, like in the online space on social media and have shared things and the criticism and the feedback and the unsolicited comments and advice and to the degree of people who have unfortunately had miscarriages and, and been told by people, well, it's because you did this. It's because you worked out. It's because you, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. I, before, even before pregnancy, I can be a delicate flower. I can be someone who can be 
overly sensitive and someone that will always, as I've gotten older, set those boundaries to put myself in a mental health first. And so I really wanted to protect that and preserve, preserve that safe space for myself and my mental health, um, to avoid any (laughs) extra stress or anxiety. And so I feel like I actually have had a phenomenal experience when it comes to my mental health overall. Yes, there certainly have been challenges. There have been huge light bulb moments, especially when I first became pregnant, where I had that like, holy shit, this is like, it's all on me. It's, you know, how I eat, how I take care of myself, what I put in my body, how I move all these things impact this baby, right? Whether my body can do this or or can't do this, that's on me. And that like stressed the crap out of me, if I'm perfectly honest. And then I was like, Nagi, like anything else, all you can do is show up and do your best and do the best to take care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. And that's it. You can't ask any more of yourself. And so that is what I have done. And maybe it's not earth shattering or that helpful, but it's really kind of what's gotten me through this period. And I do think prioritizing my mental health and taking care of that and going to therapy and and setting boundaries and all these things prior to even, you know, trying to have a baby has been so helpful because all these things were already in place prior to. So it wasn't new things that I was necessarily trying to do, but more so remind my things of that, remind myself of things that make me feel my best. Um, Okay, number 13, how do you push through the constant sick feeling? Oh gosh, honestly, I think for a lot of it, it's like, because I have to, because no one else can do the things for me. No one else can do my client check-ins. No one else can, you know, record my podcast or, or (laughs) be in the content that you make or, or do these things. And so I think it becomes a matter of necessity. And I will say out of the five of us who are pregnant, I know one um, of the ladies ended up actually getting a prescription for, I can't remember the name of the medication, but it starts with a D anyways. And she would take that every single day to really help because at some point she even had to go to the hospital because her nausea was like so bad and she was having a hard time keeping things down. Um, so I was definitely luckier in that while I was nauseous, a lot of the time I was able to keep most of my food down, uh, which I do think helps with actual just energy levels and feeling more human. But I think, you know, for many people it comes down to like, well, I just have to do it and I woman up and, you know, show up and do the best we can. And something my mom actually said is because she'd experienced nausea as well with me and her little tummy, um, was that, um, she's like working actually made me feel so much better. She's like, when I would sit at home and do nothing, that's when I would feel worse as opposed to when I was busy and I had purpose. And I think that to a degree, that's probably true for myself as well. When you're busy and working, you don't have a lot of time to just dwell on how awful you feel because you kind of just got to do other things. So maybe that's helpful. Maybe it's not. All right. Number 14. How do you deal with people telling you false things? Um, I've had people tell me to stop exercising or cycling, that kind of thing. Okay. So this is a real tough one that I know many people encounter. And I will say that in my experience, in my 
personal day-to-day life. I have been incredibly, incredibly lucky that people have not really said too much about anything. There's kind of maybe some questions about like my working out or how much I lift. And I'm just like, yep, I'm doing what feels good for me, what feels safe for me, what I know my body can handle. And then sometimes there are certain people where I just like wouldn't bring up certain aspects like working out. Like we'll talk about everything else under the sun, but I would not be someone to initiate talking about exercise because I just know that everyone feels different and that is absolutely okay. But I'm also always going to rely and fall back on what I know about myself and my body and what I think and what my doctor and midwife and everything thinks is appropriate for me. So as hard as it is, I feel like avoiding certain topics with certain people can be helpful. Um, But also, once again, this is why I waited so long to share my announcement publicly because everyone does have different experiences, feedback. And I think especially when people have experienced loss and don't always have the clarity as to why there can be a lot of misconceptions about what is healthy and safe when it comes to movement um, while pregnant. All right. Number 15. Is your hair actually growing faster? (laughs) Only my chin hair and the hair along my jawline. I don't actually know if my actual hair on my head has grown any faster. That would be nice, but but I don't think it is. (laughs) Okay. Number 16. Favorite maternity clothing. You know what? I actually haven't bought any maternity clothing except for, I think when we were in the States, I went to Target and I bought two pairs of maternity jeans and maybe two or three, like one of those longer tank tops. Um, but to be honest, I think I've only worn those jeans like once or twice and that tank top once. I've honestly been just working with a lot of the clothes and dresses I have in my closet Thankfully, right now it's been really warm and it's been warm here since like May. So I've been able to do a lot of dresses and loose fitting things because, you know, between being pregnant and being bloated or gassy all the time, a lot of things did not fit quite early on or they weren't comfortable. And so I've just either sized up in clothing, like I sized up in my Lululemons, I sized up um, with a couple pairs of pants that I bought and basically that's it. So no favorite maternity brands to share currently. Okay. Number 17, what helps with nausea? Once again, a great question. Everyone's going to be so different with this. Like I mentioned, I have a girlfriend who actually had to take medication to help with this, but I will say for me, it was not the ginger candy or ginger tea or anything ginger related. Believe me, I tried every single thing. Um, but It was more things like fruit that would help to make me feel better, things that were a little bit sour. Um, But to be honest, there was nothing that would consistently make me feel better. And I did try many things. I tried, you know, popsicles and this and mints and all kinds of things. I have a very long, extensive list of things that I tried, but unfortunately, there was nothing, like I said, consistent. Okay, number 18, how do you deal with constipation? I know this is a very common one for so many pregnant people, especially if you end up taking um, that anti-nausea medication. But 
I'm the actual opposite. I have never been so regular in my life. Like I'm talking three or four bowel movements a day, which all are very normal, but I'm just like, what is going on with this? Um, once again, my midwife is like totally normal. Everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. Um, but I am the opposite of constipated. Okay. <laughs> Number 19. How have you handled changing energy levels and motivation for healthier choices? Um, so not entirely sure I understand the question, but in terms of changing energy levels and how I've handled that, this is one where naps are my friend. I don't take them all the time, but when I do need them, I take them. And there's definitely a period of time where I would be in bed. I think especially in my first trimester where I was like, okay, it's 830. It's time to wrap up. It's time to go to sleep. I'm so tired. And I would honestly just do that. And I would wake up at like 530 or six and then start my day, uh, which probably also helped me <laughs> to be so tired. But I feel like that was just something where I did allow myself that opportunity to go to bed earlier or to nap when needed. And the other part that I am very um, privileged about is that because I do run my own business, I have been very intentional, intentional about my workload and doing a lot of work prior to or on days when I feel capable and spacing things out in such a way where I staggered clients so my workload was less or I would create content weeks and weeks in advance in order to not have such intense weeks where I wasn't able to to rest or take that time for myself. So I know not an option for everyone, but that's definitely how I have kind of helped navigate that personally. All right, number 20. How are you feeling about your body changing, weight gain, stretch marks, etc.? Okay. Fantastic question. And I will say for the most part, I am very much okay with my body changing. My body also took a lot longer to change than I thought it would. My GP was like, oh yeah, you're going to pop it like 12 weeks. And then like, you'll see, you know, your baby bump. And I was like waiting and waiting and nothing happened. And it probably wasn't until I was about, I want to say, 19 weeks where I started to show more evidently and consistently because even in terms of like sharing online, I shared online photos of myself up until I was 25 weeks pregnant. And from the front, you couldn't really tell, you know, high-waisted shorts, black pants, all those things kind of hide that depth and what your bump looks like. And so when it comes to, you know, the changing, I think this will be something that will probably be more challenging as I progress, you know, through my third trimester and the last three months of pregnancy. Um, but I will say, I do think a big part of the reason why I have been okay and accepting of my body changing, even though there are days when I was like, I don't feel cute. I feel bloated. I feel uncomfortable. Like, I just don't feel like myself or like I look at pictures and I was like, man, I wish I could wear that again. Or man, I, I, you know, I, I appreciated how I felt or what, whatever in that photo. But I think it's all the work that I did prior to getting pregnant, all the work that I've done to work on my body image, that self-acceptance, the fact that, you know, even before I was pregnant, I had tummy rolls, I had stretch marks, I have cellulite, I, you know, have 
dimples on my butt and I have butt pimple scars and I have all these things that, you know, at some point have really bothered me. And, and the reality is a lot of people, a lot of us have these things. They're incredibly normal. They don't take away from our beauty, our power, our strength, our self-worth, what we have to offer and really working on my relationship with my body prior to pregnancy, I think has been a huge proponent of me feeling as good as possible and really not kind of second guessing myself or my worth during this pregnancy. Um, in terms of stretch marks, one thing that also helped, I don't have any pregnancy stretch marks yet. Um, only just general life ones. <laughs> um, but one thing when it came to stretch marks is my midwife is like stretch marks are pretty much based on genetics, right? Like that's something that as much as people want to do all these things for, it's really kind of, kind of come down to like what your body's going to do one way or another. And so I feel like that was just like, Hey, it's out of your control. So just roll with it, Nikki. And if it happens, cool. And if it doesn't cool, it, but it's not within what I can do or change. And so I'm just going to roll with it and, uh, accept when I'm going to say when they come and, uh, you know, it'll be a little reminder of this time in the season of my life and all that I went through and how strong and resilient my body is and just how capable I am. So kind of looking at it as, you know, uh, a little reminder as opposed to something that I'm going to be ashamed of or something that I'm going to want to change. Okay. Number 21, how has your skincare routine changed? Well, um, this was definitely something I had to modify in terms of like no more retinol, no more chemical peels, no more like hyaluronic acid or things with acid in them, um, or salicylic acid, you know, for like breakouts and everything. But beyond that, I'm still using a lot of very similar products. Like I use the Zio skincare stuff. So same face wash, same exfoliating scrub, same growth factor serum, same, you know, kinds of things. So no major changes besides removing those um, specific things I previously said. Okay. Number 22, how did you prepare for pregnancy? Any supplements? Uh, so I actually did talk to my doctor before I took out my ID and all she said was start taking prenatal vitamins. So besides that, I did not do anything else. Okay. Number 23. I thought you didn't want kids. Not sure why. So no, this is not something I have said before. For me, what I always have talked about online is, it's no one's business whether or not I'm going to have kids or whether or not you're going to have kids or whether or not you're going to have a second kid or a third kid. That question drives me nuts. And I know people are going to be like, you're so sensitive. Like, it's just a question. People are just interested. But from my perspective and from my life experience, as I've gotten older, because younger me did not have any issues with this question. But as I've gotten older, and I've had more friends struggle with fertility, struggle with miscarriages, you know, go through, Ooh, this is making me emotional, <laughs> go through rounds and rounds of IVF or, you know, lose multiple babies. There is so much emotion and trauma that can go into having a child. And some people want to have a child so badly and when that is an option that is either not 
viable or it feels like it's impossible or physically that they are not capable, it can really impact someone or their self-worth or their just them in general. And so I don't love that question. And I think it's something where people seem to ask it very willy-nilly. And I'm just like, like, if you don't know my last name, you don't know my first name or the city I live in or, you know, what I do for fun or, you know, who my husband is or anything like that. I'm just like, chances are me having a child is not going to impact you. And so I'm kind of like, people who need to know the answer to those questions, no. And everyone's very entitled to have a different opinion about this. I am not here to, you know, say otherwise. Um, But in my personal experience, that is where that always comes from, where I think that it is so personal. And because of, you know, my life experiences and what I've seen with friends and family, it is something that I think should potentially be asked with a little bit more care and caution and know that people's reactions are going to be different. Some people, even though they've had those really challenging experiences, find it very therapeutic to talk about them and to share them, which is amazing. And I think that's so helpful because I've been on the receiving end of having those conversations and being like, wow, like, thank you for sharing that I didn't know. And like, I didn't understand these things. And so I do find that helpful. But not everyone is able and willing to do that. And I think that's where we kind of need to, you know, err on the side of caution in terms of asking about, you know, kids and how many and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, moving on. Um, Oh, the last question was about asking if um, someone can get pregnant. And that's kind of where I talked about that before. That is something where I would say, talk to your doctor, talk to your GP, talk to a specialist. But at the end of the day, it's probably going to be something that you're going to need to try to do in order to see what happens and what works. All right, guys, that is a wrap on your most popular questions from social media. So thank you for asking all these questions there on Instagram. If you don't already follow me, you can follow me at justget.fit. If there are other things that you are wondering about when it comes to nutrition or strength training or anything like that, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram or if you're looking for more structure with your workouts, you can go to www.justget.fit forward slash stronger and download my new workout app and get stronger with me at home or at the gym. Thanks for listening and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes.